Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get into the word today. The title of today's message, and it flows with the series really about It's On You. The title of today's message is A Warrior's Weakness, A Stranger's Strength. Let's go to Judges chapter 14, verse 1. This guy was my hero when I was a kid. And I guess he's a true superhero, a modern superhero, you know, like in the comic books, because he's full of weaknesses. He's a real guy, but man, he made some poor decisions. So this is the story of Samson. I'm going to compare and contrast, mostly contrast, two characters in Scripture who both had moms, different kinds of moms, different times, but a similar time period. So look at this right here, Judges 14, verse 1. One day when Samson, someone say Samson. His mom could not have kids. His mom is not named in Scripture. Her husband's name was Manoah. But God kept showing up to the mom and saying, we showed up twice and said, you're going to have a son. You haven't been able to have kids. You're going to have a son. He's going to be a Nazarite. He's going to be separated for service to God. And here's what it's going to be like. And the dad said, there was a man of God, what? He showed up, an angel of the Lord, man, he prayed. And then the angel showed up again and gave a similar message. And uh, this guy's life, it was headed for great things. But how many of you know, we have choices. There's an argument that rages that we we don't have choice. Well, there's times we don't understand where God was pulling us in. And maybe you had less choice in the matter, but you do always have some kind of a choice. You do. God's spirit pulls on you, but you can reject God. So one day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye. Someone say Philistine. You study history, you kind of understand why the the Philistines were so um, appealing to the Jews. It turns out that Philistines, man, we had someone raise their hand. They were going to answer the question, I think. But... The Philistines, it turns out, were possibly related to the Greeks. So they were light-skinned. Some of them had blue and green eyes. So the Jewish folks historically were darker-skinned. So, man, you can imagine some of their guys were like, wow, I'm into blondes. Yeah, but she may be the devil in the red dress. So Samson one day, and God was going to use this. You, You read into the story, and Scripture says it was of the Lord, meaning God allowed it to happen because God was allowing Samson to get angry with the Philistines so Samson would dole out some judgment to them in the name of of God himself, Yahweh, the God of Israel. But check this out. One day when Samson was in Timnah, one of the Philistine women caught his eye, of course, When he returned home, he told his father and mother, a young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. Scripture says, she in one translation says, she pleases me well. Yeah, I bet she does, punk. A young Philistine woman in Timnah caught my eye. She pleases me well. She looks good to me. You ever been there? Y'all have been there, some of y'all. said, man, but he fine. Uh Uh-huh, he may have goat hooves, though. Say, I want to marry her. Get her for me, he told his parents. And he didn't ask. Did you notice? Samson was a spoiled brat or something. I don't know. I believe his parents did a good job of raising him personally. I believe they really did. Man, he was the apple of their eye. That was their only child. And he didn't even say, would you please? He said, get her for me. I want her. Oh, you want, huh? All right. 
His father and mother objected. We're going to focus heavily on moms today. It's Mother's Day. Mom was against it. Dad was too, but mom was against it. You know what they said? Who knows who actually asked this mom or dad? They said, isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry, they asked? One translation says, you can't get a daughter of your own people? It's amazing to me how many people stumble into someone who looks good, sounds good, feels good. And I go, are they, are they saved? I'm almost embarrassed to ask people sometimes, are they a Christian? And they go, um, you know, you almost get answers sometimes like, oh, well, they've heard of God. Or a stupid answer like this, they believe in God. I'm like, doesn't the devil believe in God? Are they a believer or not? Do they believe in Jesus and do they live it? Say, well, they believe, but they don't walk in it. Well, then they don't believe. If you believe, you obey it. If you truly believe, you will obey God. So they said, isn't there even one woman in our tribe or among all the Israelites you could marry? I personally, God's, God has his hand, had his hand on me. And among all the bad choices I made, I made a great choice. I married a daughter of my people. I did. Similar upbringing. I can start a song and she'll finish it. We were raised in church. Church is not the answer to everything, but it's part of serving God. Man, we just, with similar upbringing, similar background, I got, I got right into their family, man. And they said, look, isn't there even one woman in our tribe? There's not one? Or among all the Israelites you could marry, they asked? Why? Look at where, where they go. Why must you go to the pagan Philistines to find a wife? They worship Dagon. You know what Dagon was? A fish god. He had a, the body of a fish and the head of a man. That's gross. They worship fish. Fish aren't very bright, are they? Anyway, but Samson told his father, get her for me. She looks good to me. Let's go to Proverbs 5, 13 and 14 real quick, and I'm going to talk to you about Samson. It's pretty negative, but then we're going to get into some positive stuff. You want to be like Samson. Scripture says, oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? Wow. I've come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. I've met so many people, and I hadn't been there in their life long enough, but as a pastor, I noticed that many people like to show up, and they've lived their whole life, made all their bad decisions, but it's my fault for the way they're living. And they left blaming me before. They found a way to blame me, or blame pastor, or blame one of the pastoral staff, or somebody else in the church. Said, man, it's all on you. It's like, no, you were messed up when you got here, and you needed to get healed. Church is a hospital. I've needed healing. Everyone needs healing. But I'm going to tell you right now, just like this series, it's on you. You will stand before God one day. And look, look at, look, this is the story of Samson. I've come to the brink of utter ruin. Man, I should have listened to my teachers, really. Scripture says he was the strongest man physically in the Bible. I mean, really, you can, you can surmise that. Physically the strongest, but he was the weakest weakling of any man in Scripture, I think. He was feckless. He was a feckless weakling. You say, what is feckless? Feckless means you lack initiative and strength of character, and you're irresponsible. He was a big sissy and a baby. He, couldn't, he, just, he just couldn't get it done. Why? Well, because Scripture also says in Proverbs, it says that self-control is better than someone who can conquer a city. Couldn't control his urges. Very, very, very weak. And Samson, before I give you the points about Samson, he ignored his mom. Some people in here say, yeah, but my mom's not even saved. She don't know nothing. She's still your mom. God operates through divine authority. 
I've known people in here that have married someone and one of the parents wasn't saved or maybe both of the parents wasn't saved. And I've known lots of stories like this, but they gave the blessing and they were right. Even though they weren't serving God, they knew to give the blessing and say, yeah, marry that Christian guy. Marry that Christian girl. You go right ahead. That's good. It can't be, I don't know who this is for this morning. If multiple people are disagreeing about your current relationship, it's not of God. Jen and I went to get married and there was, it was weird. There was somebody who was a friend of mine. We got married and she left the church. I didn't know even we, we, we were in like that. She left the church. A few people in, in some of the services were a little irritated, but as a whole, everybody's like, man, I knew. And they hadn't said nothing. They're like, God told me y'all were going to be together. You know, they were supportive. <laughs> one guy gave me a strange story. He said, I was in the shower one day and I thought, this is odd. But you guys know my ears already stick out, so they perked up like a dog. I was like, you were in the shower one day. No, I'll tell you later. You know him. He said, I was in the shower one day, and I was asking God. Because, you know, you pray in the shower, right? And I was like, okay, it makes more sense. He said, I was in the shower one day. and uh, But anyway, he said, I said, Lord, who's, who's Pastor Matt going to marry? And he said, I, when I heard that you were going to marry Jennifer, I said, oh, man, look at that. that yeah, God had showed me that, too. <laughs> Very supportive. But here's Samson who ignored his mom. Ignored her. Guess what? Let's put some of his junk up there if you don't mind, ladies. Look, he was in constant conflict. Constant conflict. You say, well, God used that to bring judgment to the Philistines. But yeah, his whole life, though, was conflicted. Just, just a feckless weakling. Man, he was irresponsible, no initiative, no strength of character, had a weak moral compass. But God's anointing was on him because he was called and he kept disobeying and ignoring God's voice. Look at this one. Number two, very poor relationships. He went to go get married and he got into a big fight with all the people that were going to the wedding and he left mad and left his wife there. Then he came back later and told the father of the wife, said, I brought a goat here. I want to be with my wife. She's my wife. He said, oh, sorry, Samson. I gave that daughter to your best man at your wedding. But look, look at her younger sister. You can marry her. She's even more beautiful. Samson goes, uh-uh, now it's not my, and you know, he was irresponsible anyway. But he said, it's not going to be my responsibility, the wrath I'm about to pour on you guys. So God used him. But just, just stupid situations. He never should have been in those situations. Unnecessary battles, poor relationships. A big marker of those that have poor relationships they're not good listeners. Mark my words. Start looking around. Look in your own life. I've, I've looked into my own life said, oh, that relationship's struggling. Who did I not listen to? I didn't listen to God. I didn't listen to my parents. I didn't, someone warned me. Everybody warned me. Mm, very poor relationships usually point back to weren't listening well. Number three, don't worry, we're going to get into some good news. Y'all with me? Someone say amen. Some of you are like, oh, man, just get out of this negative thing, Samson. I don't want to hear about Samson anymore. Number three. He couldn't recognize truth. He ignored God so long and had walked in his own ways. Was it Santana? I think he had a song years ago, Full of My Evil Ways. Yeah. Scripture says, be sure that your sin will find you out. It eventually comes back to haunt you, even if you're still not recognizing the truth. He was deceived. Samson just didn't recognize the truth. Say, hey, man, go get with one of the, and, and you know what else? After that marriage didn't work out, Scripture goes on to say one night he was with the prostitute. Who knows what else he did? But this was a man of God living like that. 
People live so underprivileged all because of their choices. They go out, no, it's because of my skin color. No, it's not. It's because you're lazy. It's because I'm white. It's because I'm brown or black or red or yellow or I have a tint of tinge of green or I'm wearing a green shirt. There's always a reason why. No, it's because you're lazy and you don't want to take the time to listen and actually do that. It doesn't line up with your plans, but your plans are crazy apart from God. You know that. So he couldn't recognize the truth. Number three, he was deceived. Number four, look at this. Because he couldn't listen to his mom, he wound up in physical, emotional, and spiritual loss. Physical and emotional loss, you're going to have that. That's life. But scripture says, scripture says that at some point he ignored God so long. He was on Delilah's lap, scripture says, in Judges chapter 16. And you know what he was, she was asking the secret of his strength. And every time he'd tell her, she'd put him to sleep or whatever and say, the Philistines are upon you. And they came in multiple times trying to get him. And he couldn't get it that she was trying to destroy him. I don't know what drugs he was on. It must have been some stuff. Look, imagine, if you will, you're laying in someone's lap, male or female, they keep asking for your secrets, and when you wake up, they've broadcasted your secrets and said, all the secrets you told me, they're here to capitalize on them and destroy you because of the secrets you gave me. And he'd just go back to sleep and give me another one. I don't know what he was doing. He was deceived. And after being deceived and laying in Delilah's lap, mm, that'll preach. Laying in Delilah's lap, at some point he said, I'll shake myself and I'll do it again because God's always been with me. He said, I will do as before, Scripture says, but he didn't realize the Lord had left him. People say, Jesus said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, but Scripture also says, seek first the kingdom of God. He's not trying to leave you, but he's, he's going to stop speaking to you. You'll stop feeling his presence if you keep ignoring him. I didn't make that up, man. It's... And then he had a premature death. People said he went out like a hero. Yeah, Samson was like Iron Man. A big jerk, no integrity, a punk, hard to work with, doing whatever he wanted all the time, and then went out with a bang. You know, those of you who know Marvel, Iron Man gave his life. Well, good for him. But what about the rest of his life with no character? Sorry if that's your hero. You should look into Captain America. Spider-Man, you know, somebody. Iron Man's all right. Don't be mad at me. We can talk later. But don't be into D.C. I'm kidding. I mess with y'all. But this guy had a premature death. And Scripture says when he died, he died, they had, they had put out his eyes. So he died with no wife, no eyes, isolated from his family. He was grinding in a mill, and they didn't realize his hair started growing back. That was part of the covenant, remember, with God. And he's placed in this building, and the Philistines are mocking him and praising their gods and cursing him. And he says, Lord, remember me one more time. Give me the strength. Give me the strength again. Come visit me and just let me die with the Philistines. He'd already been blinded. His life had been wasted in so many ways. He did some good. But, man, that's not a very good example, is it? Say, well, he finished strong. Okay, to a point he did. But he had a premature death. He lost, man, he even lost his relationship with God because he didn't notice that he didn't even have it anymore. He really didn't. God's anointing was just kind of residual. The call of God was on him. He kept being strong. He didn't realize that God was already, God had already stopped speaking to him. What a dangerous place. All because Samson didn't listen. Weak. Someone say weak. 
Now, one of the strongest characters in the Bible. Let's go to Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. This moves me today because I believe it's also the story of my wife and my mom. My wife has an amazing relationship with her biological mom who's with us today, Mom Brown. But my wife and my mom had a very, very special relationship, and it, was, it, it just moved me. But look at this right here, and look at when you listen to your mom or your spiritual mom. See, Ruth listened to her spiritual mom, and look where it leads us. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. Some of you ladies are like, ooh, I don't even care if he's not that good looking. He's a little older, got some money. Oh, praise God. He may be God's will. We were never told he was handsome, but he was wealthy and influential. Can I get an amen? I thought, man, I bet I'd be a lot more handsome if I had more money. He's a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. God's setting some up here. Let's go on. One day, Ruth the Moabite, she's from pagan people who worshiped other gods. She said to Naomi, her mother-in-law, who is, see, Ruth has lost her husband. Naomi's lost her son. So she's no longer married. She's been separated from her husband by death, who was Jewish. But now she has submitted herself to Naomi as a spiritual mother. And look, she got mom's blessing even to go do this simple thing. Many times we go, ah, I don't need to mention that to my spiritual authority. When you think of that, that's when you really should mention it. Really. They don't have to control you. They don't have to know every detail of your life. You got a public, you got a private, and you got a secret life. That's everybody. But look at what she did. She goes, let me go out. She's talking to Naomi, her spiritual mother. She says, let me go out in the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. The blessing of God flowing through her spiritual mom. Look at this. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz. Ladies say hallelujah. Okay. Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Limelech. All right. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. He's already starting off right. Says, the Lord be with you, he said. God is on his mind. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied, right? Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Those of you who aren't married want to be married someday? Did you know folks notice you when you listen to authority? It makes you glow. And I'm going to tell you all the wonderful things that listening did for, for Ruth here in a minute. Who's that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? Some of you ladies in the house, you're like, I belong to myself. Uh-huh, he's got that much money. You'd be like, oh, I belong to him. I'm all his. I'm all yours, baby. Just whatever God tells you, I mean, we're going to go. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. We get so liberated, man, we miss the finer points. I'll tell you right now, I belong to my wife, and she belongs to me. That's not for control. It's a thing of beauty. Who is that young woman over there? I'm, I'm adding this. I think he said it like this. Who does she belong to? What? Word? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. See, people already knew because her light is shining. Let's keep going. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work ever since. Oh, another good sign, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. This lady's been working out in the sun and stuff. Look at this. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Uh-oh, he's already taken her under his wing. She don't know who he is yet. Stay right what? Stay right behind the young women working in my field. 
See which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. He's already protective. Check. Someone say, check. Oh, he's doing some good stuff here, and they, they ain't even hardly talked. They haven't. I mean, this is the first conversation. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, oh, man, this is spiritual too. He's like, when you are thirsty, help yourself, what, to the water they've drawn from the well. He said, by the way, baby girl, you showed up on my, this is my property. These are my people. Um, that's my well over there. You can, you can just keep drinking from the well that I had dug, and, yeah, that's my stuff. But you can drink from it and get as much as you want around here. Keep going. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. My wife never did that, but it was a different time. <laughs> different time. My wife has never fallen at my feet. She doesn't have to, but just making sure you're awake. Bless God. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm only a foreigner. I'm a stranger, man. I'm an immigrant. Yeah, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law. Did you know submitting to authority carries such weight that it echoes? Heavy things, when you drop them in a garage, they echo, don't they? Boom, boom, boom. Man, what she was doing, it was echoing all around town and the region. He said, I know about everything you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have what? I have heard how you left your father and mother in your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. It was an honorable thing what she was doing. She was taking care of her mother-in-law, but her mother-in-law was taking care of her too. Let's go on to the next two verses there. I think it's 15 and 16. She said, I hope I continue to please you, sir. You've comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your what? One of your workers. Let's go on to verse, that's 13. What's the next verse? At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. Let's, let's hear an amen for that. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her. Now he's already promoting her because he likes her. He's already going to give her more now. He said, oh, man, this went well. We had dinner together. Oh, man. And pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. Wow. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. We'll stop there. It just goes on, gets better and better. She goes home to Naomi. Naomi goes, where'd you get all this? How'd you get so much today? Man, you made quite a haul. You were hustling. You were moving. Said, oh, I went to Boaz's field. And she goes, Boaz, guess what? He's one of our family redeemers. Actually, he's the one who can marry you to raise up seed for one of his relatives who died while being married to you before they had a kid. It was a Jewish tradition. You can also read in the Old Testament. It's, it was part of the law. And I love it that Naomi told her, look, here's what you got to do as you get further in the story. Here's what you got to do. I know that Boaz, though, will take care of it. If you follow my instructions, Boaz will take care of it. He will not rest until he takes care of it today. Can you imagine Boaz met the right one and went home and watched Netflix for eight hours? Nope. Went back to work. So he's working. He's managing stuff. Went back to work and said, oh, I want her as a wife. She's, there's something special about her. She'll blend in just fine with my family. So let's look at Ruth, who actually was way stronger than Samson. And she was just a little lady from another country. 
Say, little lady, that sounds sexist. Well, you know what I mean. She listened to her spiritual mom. Number one, she was righteous and humble. She wanted to do the right thing. Man, I believe her faith was making her right with God just by association. She's like, no, Naomi, I'm not, I'm not leaving you. Don't even ask me to leave you because your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. I'm going with you. Naomi had told her daughters-in-law at one point, she said, no, go back and worship your gods in Moab. I'm, look, God's been rough on me. I don't have anything. I'm going back home with nothing. And Naomi said, uh-uh, don't ever ask me to leave you. I'm going with you. She was righteous and humble. Those that listen are humble, and it works in a cycle. Those that listen become humble, and they stay humble. You say, well, I listened last week. What about this week? Righteous and humble. Look at this. Number two, she found provision and security. That's not just for women. Men need provision and security as well, but I know that's very important for a woman. And all because she listened to godly advice, it brought safety to her. Look at that. Scripture says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. She found provision and security. Look at number three. It looks like she was at the right place at the right time, but really it's all because she submitted to her spiritual mother. She asked her, said, can I go out and gather? Yeah, go out and gather. And God's hand was on her in the divine order of the situation, showed up at the right field, and it was Boaz's field, the richest guy in town probably. Wow. Right place at the right time, all because she listened. Number four, favor. I've noticed when I have submitted myself to godly authority, I have favor in life. I not only have favor with my godly authority, I have favor with those around me. And did you know people honor that? They really do. Whether they admit it or not, they honor it when you submit to your boss, you submit to your spiritual authority. Deep down, they honor it. I remember over the years, Dad, I mean, he'll tell you, he, he kind of holds his cards close to his vest. Dad's not going to tell you everything. But I know it wasn't always easy for him raising me. I know that. Jonathan and Elaine, they have their own story. But my story is I was rebellious. I had a hard time listening. Growing up, I struggled with listening. I can look back now and go, man, that was a stupid thing I got involved in because I didn't listen. But dad was patient with me. God called us to work together. We had prophecies over us. Many people go, man, someone prophesied over y'all and spoke the word. It's going to be that way. Yeah, but I still have a choice. Man, I had so many choices after that prophecy of a man of God. He said, you and your dad are going to cross the Jordan River together like Moses and Joshua. Told me that 20-something years ago. And I remember thinking, well, I didn't know mom was going to pass away. But that was, it didn't mean that my wife wasn't going to be involved and all the others and all of you guys. You're going to cross the Jordan with us. But God was speaking. He was giving a word to me and dad. And I said, okay, Lord. But I had choices. I could have said, man, well, I'm not going to submit. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go get me some glory. Three things you got to watch out for. For those that don't listen, I call them the three G's. Okay, you say, well, that's geared for a man. You can also gear it toward women. I'll explain it here in a moment. Three G's. Gold, glory, and girls. For guys, three things that can mess you up if you're not listening to godly authority. And for women, it's gold, glory, and guys. All right? That's pretty, that's pretty handy, isn't it? I didn't come up with all that myself, but I just kind of did something there. Say, man, well, gold, yeah, getting greedy. 
Greed can destroy people. It shipwrecks people. I've seen it. Talks about that in Scripture. Timothy talks about greed, talks about greed in other places in the Bible. Glory, people say, man, this is my glory. I did it. I did it. Well, God, God created you. He breathed the breath of life into your ancestors, gave your parents the power to procreate. Here you are. I did it by myself. No, you didn't. You got all kinds of help and took the credit. Mm-mm. That's glory. And guys or girls, well, obviously that's the opposite sex. You get in a relationship with the wrong people, that can wreck you. So you've got to listen to people. You say, man, I'm married. I don't know if they're the right one for me. Well, you're married, honey child. It's time that you said they're the right one now, okay? There's a few ways you can legally and morally divorce from someone. But you say, man, I've been divorced. Don't worry, that's the past now. Serve God now. God will restore you, give you a husband or wife if you want to. Some are like, I ain't trying again. That's fine. But you've been called to have great favor if you will listen to spiritual authority. You, and you can listen to your mom, your earthly mom. She may not have it all together. Some people think they're so much smarter than their parents. And we go through strange cycles. Do you remember those cycles as a kid? I was little. I thought my parents were brilliant. I became a teenager. I thought, man, they don't know much. Because I thought I knew it all. I got into my early 20s. I said, man, they're brilliant again. Then I had some times I said, man, I don't know if they know. No, they knew a lot again. And now I just, in my 20s, I decided, no, 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 they're brilliant. They're brilliant. I tell John all the time, I'm like, man, mom and dad did good. They did good. Wow. And some parents, some moms, man, they get so strong. You know why? They're raising a bunch of dumbbells. That's an old joke I saw in a book in fifth grade. Say, man, your mom's strong. I know. <laughs> she helped, helped dad raise some dumbbells sometimes. Not y'all. Uh, not you with me, right? I was a dumbbell sometimes. Favor, though. Man, you get favor. I have, I have favor with dad now. Can you imagine all these years? Say, man, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go do. Why? Why reinvent the wheel? The wheel is already invented. Let's find a better way to to get stuff to roll on the ground. Well, there's wheels on cars. We're not doing flying cars much right now, so we do the wheel. That's a great invention. Well, in the same way, I'm like, man, I got to listen to dad because there's things I don't need to reinvent or struggle through. But here's here's the hard thing about life. Many times we only learn until, I mean, we only learn during mistakes. Many times victories don't teach us anything, huh? Go, man, I won. I'm just, I'm the man. Well, mm, no, sometimes you got to lose a battle to go, wow, I, I need help in this area. I messed up. I mixed up. I, and you get more favor from God when you humble yourself and be coachable. There's something I ordered. I'm going to show it to my staff. I'm probably going to be talking to some of you about it. There are 10 things that require no talent. Did you know it requires no talent to show up on time? Zero talent. You can be an absolute moron and show up on time. An absolute lunatic, really, and just stumble in, <laughs> kind of crazy, and make it on time, accidentally almost. Do a little extra. That re- requires no talent. Do a little extra. Say, man, you got to be brilliant to do that. No, you don't. They ask you to do four or five lines of that stuff and stack the wood, stack another line of wood. Just go a little extra. What else? How about a good attitude? Many people say, man, he's the most talented. I've dealt with people that were, man, some of the hardest time I've had with some of the most talented people. They're coasting on talent like a celebrity. And I'm going, you're impossible to deal with. Get out of here. I want someone who listens to me. I need someone who will just humble themselves. 
Did you know it takes zero talent to be coachable? I would not have wanted Samson on my team. Some of y'all I'd want to be on my team, but not Samson. Mm -mm. He didn't listen. He was not a team player. He didn't listen. He did his own thing. And look, a whole wrecked life. Made his parents sad, his family sad. We are not given all the details, but man, he was weak. Look at Ruth. Was she the most talented? I don't know. All we're told is that she listened. She listened. And look at this, number five about Ruth. God gave Ruth good relationships and stability because she was steadfast and faithful. You are going to struggle in relationships here and there in life. You're going to be hurt. You're going to hurt people. That's just part of life. We get betrayed. We make mistakes, whatever. But I promise you, if you will listen to godly counsel, you will line up and get into the right place with God, and it will seem like you were in the right place at the right time. People have told me before, they said, you're lucky. I said, well, I don't believe in luck, but I was blessed to be raised and brought into this world and, and brought up by a good family, good mom and dad. But there were so many choices I made that had nothing to do with luck. Nothing to do with luck. Choosing Jen, the best choice I've ever made since I accepted Jesus. Really? I said, man, are you just saying that because she's here? No, I'll, I will shout it on the rooftops. It was a choice I made. You said, no, you didn't ever have the chance to get involved with wrong women. Oh, man. The wrong ones are waiting all the time. For you and me both, all these years, there's always, and, and guess what? The wrong ones always want to get married. <laughs> or something. Everybody want to get married, right? They're all demonic. You're going, oh, yeah, but they go to church. That doesn't mean anything. The devil goes to church sometimes. Not y'all, not the other ministry, but you know what I mean. Church is a hospital. We show up sick, and we're looking for healing emotionally and spiritually. Man, just because we're at church, that's like, man, well, just because I met someone at Walmart, they're a good person. They shop discount. It's like me going to Dollar General and going, man, everybody in here is good with their money, man. They came to Dollar General. This, they must be good with their money. That doesn't mean anything. They may have spent all their money on lottery tickets and prostitution or something. We don't know. Gambling. We don't know. You make these assumptions, and they go, well, he looks good. Oh, but honey child, she looks good. Samson said, she looks good to me. Get her for me. All right, Samson. I think he made heaven. We'll have a talk, right? We'll all get up there and go, man, bro, right? But Ruth, see, she was, let's go through it again on Ruth. We're going to really focus on Ruth here as I begin to close. Ruth was strong. She was righteous and humble, all because she listened to her spiritual mom. She found provision and security, all because she listened. She was in the right place at the right time because she listened, she had favor because, I believe, because she listened. There's no favor for people who don't honor their master or their spiritual authority or mom or dad. Did you know scripture says, honor your father and your mother so that you will live long upon the earth. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that comes with a promise. It says if you don't, you, you could die young if you don't honor your parents. I, I see people that are old, man. They're old as the hills. My mom used to say that. Miss Debbie has a mom who's 93 now. She must have honored her parents. It's amazing. Live to be old. My grandparents all lived to be 91. They must have honored their parents. Say, well, no, there's other reasons. I don't know, but I just, I'm just going with scripture here. 
Honor your father and your mother so you can live long upon the earth. You say, man, they don't know nothing, they, or they treated me bad, they rejected me. No, 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 no. Scripture never says, you know what, treat them good and honor them only if they did right by you. It never says that. It says honor them. And I know it's hard to do. Man, people sometimes hate their parents when they were mishandled by them. I understand that. You need to forgive them. You need to honor them. Honor your mama. Really. You don't even have to get a tattoo that says, I love mom or anything. There's other ways. You may get it misspelled, and then you'll be brokenhearted, and I'll laugh at you. If I see your tattoo misspelled, I'm going to go. <laughs> I love ma'am, you know. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let me go back to number five again with Ruth here. Go ahead, get it out of your system. God gave Ruth good relationships and stability because she was steadfast and faithful. I've had folks, man, they wanted to do great things, and they should have aspired to do great things. That's good. I want to hear vision. But then they didn't show up. You know how many people have caught me before service on Sunday mornings? Now I'm starting to lock that front door, man, because folks walk the streets and freak me out sometimes. I'm getting into my boxer stance. But I've had folks show up and surprise me here and say, man, I need prayer. I'm going to do better. I'll be there at the service at 10 a.m. Never saw them again. Been promised things like that years and years and years. They want to do better. They want it right now, but they're not going to pay the price. And I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes comfort is the enemy of greatness. Comfort's the enemy. See, I just want to be comfortable. Well, good luck to you. Then you'll be like uh, Albert Einstein said. He said, don't give up on your dreams. Keep sleeping. You don't want to be in that position. No. It's time to listen, man. This is your chance. This is your chance. Let's go to Proverbs 129 to close this out. You know, listening simplifies your life. Did you know that? You don't have to listen to everybody, but you need godly counsel. Everybody needs it. You're not an island isolated from everyone doing your own thing. Look at this, Proverbs 1, 29-33. says, for they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. This is talking about people who ignored instruction, ignored wisdom. Next verse. They rejected my advice, this is wisdom talking, and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me. To death, wisdom says. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency, being lazy, being lethargic, having no initiative, remember? Being irresponsible. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Some of you say, man, my mom's gone, or I don't have a great relationship with my mom. Guess what? There's always spiritual moms. There's always moms that can take the place. There's always dads that can take the place of the dad who messed up or wasn't around. There's always a, an amazing authority figure that God has set aside just for you to speak into your life and bless you. Would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today? Make sure that you listen now that the Spirit is calling. Don't ignore his voice any longer. You never want to get to the place like Samson where God stops talking and he moves his presence from you. Is there anyone in the house who needs to get their heart right with God today? They say, man, I need to accept Jesus. I've never accepted Jesus before. If there's anyone in the house or on the live stream who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus and made him my Savior, would you raise your hand today? And I'm going to pray with you. Is there anyone in this house who want to get your heart right with God? You've never accepted Jesus. 
we'll do it now. And if not, everyone repeat this prayer. Ah, some, there's a hand that went up. God bless you for your courage. We're going to pray with you, sis. And we're going to pray with those on the live stream. It's all worth it. It was all worth it. All worth it to get to this point so you can get right with God. Everyone in this house, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, I can't make it without you. I need you. Say, I call out and I cry out to God. Say, I'm a sinner apart from you, Lord. Please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I'm so sorry for my sin. I need you. I know that I've been wrong. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Say, I believe I am saved by the Savior, the Redeemer. Say, Jesus is now my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Right where you're seated, if you would, let's pray together. And I'm going to speak a blessing over you. We'll pray that word soaks in today into your lives. Father, I thank you for everyone in this house, for their families, for everyone they represent. I thank you because, Lord, they love you. They're working at it. They wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning if they didn't have a love for you, God. They're not here to waste time. I know that. And I know that you have a perfect plan for their lives. You have a calling. Scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. Lord, may we be your chosen because we're faithful. You've called all of us, but now we step up and say, God, I hear your voice. I want to do what you've called me to do. Lord, work on your people today. Work in me. Work in my life. Your word is a two-edged sword. Boy, it cuts me up here when I'm speaking, and it cuts out into the crowd. Your word performs surgery every time we speak it. And I thank you, Lord God, because we've re received a spiritual heart transplant, and now we're breathing with spiritual lungs that help us to breathe the air of heaven, God, even while we're on this planet. Be with us. Strengthen us, Lord. And we know that you will keep your promises if we will just put you first. We thank you for today and for your word and this time together. In Jesus' name, somebody say.